Today's episode of Hear That Podcast Growling is brought to you by Game Time. Okay, folks, time for a little pop quiz. Do you think Bengals tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? You can find the answer with Game Time, the ticket buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you some serious cash. Game Time is a leader in last minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you're sitting, and buy in two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So download Game Time in the App Store or Google Play, work that clock to your advantage, and score last minute tickets. of Hear That Podcast, Growlin', Paul Daner Jr. and Jay Morrison of The Athletic are here with you. We're still, we're, the spiral, we're just, we're just going to keep spiraling, just down. We got, we got a lot of circles left to make, Jay. Me more than you. I'm 0-5 in the Growler bet, so I, I, I'm just like the Bengals. It's really it's concerning at this point. Like I, I've always I've always viewed you as um, you know a much more savvy better, but you're just taking it on the chin this year. I, it's 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 not good. This I mean you're going to be on the call again this week. It's at some point I guess maybe I'll have to make that call, but I don't know. I just look at all the new friends I'm making. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, all your new friends are going to start turning on each other soon. That's it's amazing, man. I got to tell you, I I spent Sunday out with the fans and you never you never you never know what's going to happen from a story. The story I wrote about, you know, the the headline was sorry, I'm a Bengals fan. And it's just about how uh, sort of almost apologetic almost they have to be to to enjoy to say that they enjoy going to Bengals games and, and still go. And what's happened is the comments and reaction of the fans fighting amongst each other and pointing blame at the ones that go to games for being part of the problem and calling them enablers and stuff has become honestly and I don't don't I take no offense to this it's far more interesting than the story was and I thought the story was fairly interesting like it's wild at what is sort of happening and how fans view how to deal with it how fans should deal with this team right now it's it's really fascinating it is. It, I mean, and, and like you said, entertaining. And I, I've always been of the mindset. I mean, I, I'm never going to tell someone how they should spend their money. I, I just, I don't get that. I understand where some of the, the people criticizing other fans are coming from. But at the same time, it's it's not like, I don't think it's going to make a difference. It, it, yeah, you say, well, you're giving your money to Mike Brown. There's never going to be change unless we quit giving him money. But that that's not really how the NFL works. He's going to get billions of dollars in TV revenue, whether fans show up or not. And it's just, I, I just, it's, it, it almost feels like it's a kind of a, a carryover from this political climate where everybody has lost all respect for opposing viewpoints. Yeah. It's like, if you don't think and act exactly like I do, you're wrong. You're bad. I, you, I don't want anything to do with you. And I just, I don't get where that comes from. Yeah. It's a real, it, 
I want to, I want to, I want to jump on, but on that, but I want to make sure I tease what we've got coming here first, because it, that's a really good point. Uh, we, we, we've got, um, I, I want to talk about what the new core could be on this team as we talk about what the rebuild looks like going forward as, as the Bengals try to figure out what's next. Um, and I, 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 I want to talk more about this fans fighting amongst each other, which we'll get to. We're going to have a new segment that we're going to start doing. It's just called Jay's got stats. Because Jay's always got stats that are great and super interesting, and so we're going to make sure we're doing it every week. So Jay, as you might imagine, has stats this week. Um, not good ones. Not <laughs> um, I want to take you behind the curtain. I want you guys to hear a little bit of some of the questions I asked uh, to guys about what would happen in the locker room if they started trading players away. What, what would that look like? What would that ripple effect be? So I got a few guys I talked to that had interesting answers about that. Um we're going to ask, how bad can this get? Uh, we're going to play a little run, pass, or boot. And uh, I, Jay Gruden being fired kind of gave me a fun idea to do a little audible on run, pass, or boot for Jay. So we'll see how that turns out. Um, but I, let's, let's go back to where you were, um, what you were talking about, Jay. Um, and that is, you know, what... <laughs> What obligation? What what is a, what is a stance that fans are supposed to take? I, I'm I'm with you, in that in that I sort of view it as whatever stance they want to, and 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 the the problem the blaming of the other side as being quote part of the problem, um, which I feel like I've seen and heard a lot, is is the only thing that I take issue with, like. I have no problem if you feel like the stance that that you should take is to be let those green seats stand for for what you believe, right? That your your absence is really what matters and can change the game or whatever. Um, that's fine, but if you feel like you're just going to prove that you're you're going to be loyal no matter what, and you're going to say you were there at the lowest time, and or just look. Yeah, I don't approve of what's going on, but should I not go have the the enjoyment that I get in going doing this with my family or friends or whoever it is? You go with your dad or or, or with your sister or whoever, whatever you your family and friends that you go with to these games as part of your experience that you enjoy something you enjoy doing. Like, should you not do that? Is it you supposed to take that away because the team sucks? Like, I no, you can do whatever you want if that's where you get enjoyment. Then fine, and and pointing fingers and calling those people that they're enabling the problem because they're doing things that they enjoy doing with their friends and family um i, I don't really buy that either like, I, I just let people do what they want to do uh, and, and there's no amount of attending or not attending a game that is going to change that mike brown's going to keep this team or or what anything about it like it just doesn't it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't really matter it it, it 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 the money's out there. He's gonna make his money. All of that stuff. Like it just doesn't. And here's the thing too: is most of the people that are coming to the the games at this point are season ticket holders. They're they're not selling a lot of walk up tickets. And people, I've never owned season tickets for any sporting team, but I know a lot of people that have from doing interviews like you did, and from just close friends that have season tickets. And it it is a real camaraderie i mean you get to know those people you sit with them for three hours every other sunday you know in the fall and you get to know them you know their families it's more than just cheering about the team it's 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 the relationships and so no matter how bad the team is 
the next year rolls around and you're, you've got this dilemma. You're thinking, man, I'm really fed up, but the year I give up my tickets is going to be the year they get good. And, and so they re up. So then once you've paid for the tickets, what are you going to do? You're not going to just quit going. You're, you're going to hang out with your friends and your family and the, the new friends that you've met sitting with all these years. And I, there was an interesting comment on your, your story about you can do all that at a bar. Just quit buying the tickets and you guys can all get together and go to a bar and, and hang out and have the friendships. And it's just it's obviously not the same. And it's for I hate doing that. I haven't been to a Super Bowl party since 2000, because when you're at a bar, when you're at a party, there's so many other conversations going on. It, it almost is like the game's not background noise, but it, it be it becomes secondary at times, and it, it's a little maddening. So I get why people want to be there. They want to be around the people that they've they've come to like. They want to be part of. There's an energy. I mean, yeah, the the beer's cheaper at home. The the TV, the views better. But there's an energy being part of a crowd, and and I totally get why people still want to come. And I and I don't get why why people want to shy them for that and 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 tell them they're wrong for doing that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, the thought the thought being that an empty stadium will be speak volumes, but to to what end? Like what what do you think that you know, Mike is going to change the way that he's been his whole life? But you know what? This empty stadium I'm selling the team. I mean, it it did force some it forced the only change that really you're going to see. I mean, it it forced that they they let go of Marvin Lewis and you know what? Some of those empty seats are part of it, but there's there's plenty of them. There's enough people speaking that way. There's 25,000-plus green seats staring back at them uh, this this past game uh, against Arizona. It That speaks loud enough. Like, you're, it, the difference is the fan base is whittled down so low at this point that that half-empty stadium is is more than enough to keep to keep an effect. But it's, what, what change? He's not selling the team. And certainly it, not while the current lease is going on. You know what I mean? Like that's that's yeah. not something that's that's happening or that not going is going to it, true. If you really think that not going and not buying showing up and and buying that beer um, is is really is going to be the difference. That's it's just it just isn't. It's not the way they view it. It's not the way the financial structure really works. Um, and it, it, there's no other change that's going to happen besides what did, which was moving on from the coach, and that was there was so much animosity towards him, towards Marvin Lewis in the past from the fan base. So, and and because Mike's going to have the same reply, well, we win and they'll come back. He said it, and I don't necessarily think he's wrong. Um, maybe the way he said it uh, could have <laughs> been better, but he's said it before, and it's not necessarily wrong that if they do start winning. Those seats will start to fill back up. And I don't know if they ever will win, you know, consistently, but that's just sort of part of the bottom line of it. I don't know. The thing is, they got to win quick because if you know, if all of a sudden they start slow like they have and they start winning, you're not getting you're not getting walk ups when the weather's bad in November and December. That they need to come out of the gate on fire to start a season when the weather's warm. People start coming back to see a winning team they start having fun they start buying more tickets i mean I, like we talk how low the, the season ticket base is right now i imagine it's only going to go down um after this season regardless of what happens and to, to kind of put it in parlance that my head banging 
brethren out there would appreciate it's like what the stadium is now it's like the volume knobs on eight and if it was completely empty it'd be a 10 what really what's the difference it it it's it like you said it's it's already speaking volumes um more you know another 10,000 another 15,000 empty seats isn't going to speak any louder to Mike Brown than what's going on right now I mean when you I don't know if you've gone back and watched any of the plays like we see it in person but it's totally different when you go back and watch the the game replay and you see early in the game just how empty those seats are I can only imagine what people around the country are thinking that are you know kind of seeing that on red zone and that type of thing it's it's really shocking because I know NFL attendance is down everywhere but no other stadium looks like Paul Brown Stadium right now yeah, you know, I was sort of talking, you know, they were to a few of the people and they were just they were pointing out that, you know, they, I mean, they're in there. They go through this through good times and bad. They go to the same lot. They go to the same place and they're like, it's week five. It is a ghost town out there. I mean, they're, for as far as the tailgating time, I mean, there's just and you know what? And, and to sort of segue into the other topic I wanted to get into as far as how it fixes and, and what it means for the long term picture of of this team having enough of a base where you start to to justify sticking around here in the long, long run as whether, whether they would stay or go or what that looks like. They have to win big. I mean, they're going to have to win big in sometime in the next five years or so. And you know what it comes down to? Whoever is read by the commissioner by the as the Bengals' first-round pick next year, it probably is what this comes down to. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that name – that quarterback that they select in whether it's one, two, three, four, whatever spot they end up in is going to arguably be the defining fixture of whether this thing gets back right and gets everybody back on track and the team sticks around and rebuilds their fan base or this becomes 90s and it could be bye-bye time. Like that. And that's a lot of pressure to put on some dude who's in college right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it, it really it really is. So which, which starts the question – that what would be your new core that you're building around for if you're if you're building in 2020 we've talked a lot about trading and whether they should and who should go and all of that we've talked a lot about that I've written stories about it you you've talked about it too we all it's out there we're not going to dive into it every single time we talk here so so under that under the thought who is the core that you would be building who's your 2020 core who are those guys who's your four or five guys that you that you would build around if you were starting right now well, I got three for sure. I would say Tyler Boyd. Um, I think Jesse Bates has backslid a little bit this year, but I still think he's a guy that can be a leader on this defense. Obviously, Jonah Williams. I mean, we haven't seen him play yet, but he's your first-round pick. Um, there's nothing to say he can't play. He just had this unfortunate injury. So I think those three are your pillars. Um, I, you know, not that long ago, I would have said William Jackson, but it, I, he's he's really – and after his strong, it wasn't a rookie year because he lost his rookie year. After his strong first year, everybody thought he's the next coming at cornerback, and it just really hasn't happened. So he's kind of a question mark. And then the other question mark is Joe Mixon because obviously he has the talent to build around, but what what are they going to do? Are, are they going to give him a second contract? Uh, are, are we going to be in for a prolonged holdout next year? I think there's big question marks around him. So my main three at the moment, I think would have to be Boyd Bates and Jonah Williams. Yeah, it's scary because you, you can't. I mean, <laughs> these are. It's just that it, it sort of hammers home when you start talk, going through this how how lopsided their 
current structure is uh, with, you know, guys that they're paying the most that you just, those guys, they've got to just take what they can get for them at this point. Cause they're not the Gino's and Carlos's of the world. Um, and, you know, obviously Andy next year uh, under contract, those th- those guys are not part of your core and your future that you need to be building around right now. I would never have thought that I would include Joe Mixon in this conversation, uh, only because I would I wouldn't I'm just uh again I'm just against paying a running back a second contract. But somebody's got to get paid, and I don't look on this right. team and see guys who I'm like, yeah, this is obvious. These are the these are the four guys you've got to pay. I, I know this about Joe Mixon. He is he's probably the most like individually talented guy on the team right now that's playing. So I'm take AJ yeah. out of it. And and he certainly cares. He certainly is a good teammate. He has energy. He does seem generally pretty proud to be a Bengal, which is hard to find. Uh I would consider it. I don't know if I would do it. It would probably I mean, it would depend on what that number ended up and everything else, but I would certainly consider having him in this mix, but you're right, Boyd Williams. I would say Hubbard at this point. Yeah, I, I was gonna I was gonna interject when I got it. I totally forgot him because he has been really impressive on defense, and he's still young. Um, so yeah, that was an omission for sure. I, I would definitely put him in that group. Yeah, I, so I he, in, in, so I have Boyd Williams, Hubbard, I, and then I'm not as I'm not as on the Jesse Bates. He's fine. He's fine. But we're talking a core. I mean W. William Jackson still has more probably upside. You would hope that he could take the next step for you. Um, he probably is going to get a deal here. I don't know that it's how how big it's going to be, but I, I'm assuming they probably will invest him. I would probably consider Mixon. Here's the thing. If A.J. Green wants to be here, I'm on the mind I want him here. And that's and that's what it is. I would need one question answered by A.J. Green like with truth serum. Do you want to be here? Do you want to play the rest of your career here? Which, you know, I talked to him last week. We talked a little bit about that with the connection with Larry Fitzgerald. He cares about that stuff, about legacy and everything else. I, there seems to be other things going on behind the scenes with his camp uh, that make me wonder, you know, if if this is just a chance to, for everyone to part ways. And if he has any of that in him, if there's truth that he just wants to go play somewhere else and, and see what that looks like and feels like and try to pull a wit or a Sanu uh, and go play in the Super Bowl with another team, uh, all these guys um, that have that have gone on and have Willie Anderson, so many guys that have been Bengals led, you know, those you know, Whitworth and Willie in particular have been Bengals legends and made playoff runs um, with other teams at the end of their career. If he wants to do that. You know, if that's what he wants to do, fine. But if he wants to be here, if he really does care about the stuff he's talking about, if he does really want to be Larry Fitzgerald, I want him here. He's super talented. They don't have enough players who are talented like him. Um, and he can be the perfect role model, you know, to to show guys the way that are younger than him. And it would be different if they had six dudes. They're all trying to decide who they could extend and pay. Somebody's got to get paid, and there ain't enough talent on this team for it to happen. So to me, my core. Yeah. If I'm picking five, just I'm just to drop this in. Uh, it, number one is whoever Roger Goodell says in April is number one is your new core. And then if AJ Green wants to be here, he's two. Tyler Boyd is three. Jonah Williams is four, and uh, either probably Sam Hubbard or Joe Mixon is is my five. But that's that, that's probably my new core because. 
there there ain't a lot else left there. Anybody and any name I didn't just say can go for whatever you can get for him. It, the thing about AJ is, I don't know how important winning a ring is to him because he can have. 100% faith and confidence in Zach Taylor, but no matter how optimistic you are, I mean, realistically, how soon would this team be ready to compete for a Super Bowl? Yeah, they could turn it around in a year if they get the right pick, at right quarterback and throw, and they could they could have a good year next year. But to, to legitimately be a Super Bowl contender, does he have that much time left on his body to, to stick that out? And another question, you, like you said, you would ask him, do you want to be here? I, he might answer that question with the question, is Andy still here? I wonder how much that would play into his decision if, if they – well, obviously, I mean, to, to, if, when they move on from Andy. Because you, you talked about how important that first-round pick is going to be next year. There, there, there's a decision there. Do they – do they bring this first-round pick in and, and start him immediately and just use Andy as a mentor and a backup, or do they do they ride with Andy one more year and let the let the new guy learn under Andy? There's there's so many questions out there that that still need to be answered, and, and I I think a lot of those would affect whether AJ wants to be here or not. It's it's really going to be interesting to see. First of all, when's he going to play? Zach's already ruled him out for for Baltimore. So at best, you're going to get what two games before the trade deadline, and uh, everybody knows what he is. But I I, can't, I still can't see a team offering a first round pick unless they've actually seen him seen him on the field playing and knowing he's fully back from the ankle injury. I mean, there there's there's ways to go out there and 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 show how healthy you are because people do know who he is. You know, I, I so I. I certainly think that's possible. I, I don't think the Bengals want to trade him. I just don't. I don't think that they – and because of everything I said, I think they they would like to give him money and, and have him stay and, and be this guy for the rest of his career here and be a Bengal for life and be there Larry Fitzgerald. I think they want that. But the bottom line is A.J. holds all the cards. <laughs> yeah. And, and he's kind of playing them right now, isn't he? I mean, he ain't coming he back is. early. He And why would you? I mean, it, it, this there's, there's no reason to to – force anything on your future at this point for this team no, there isn't no and, and especially I, and no after one what happened would fault last you year. no one would fault you on this club right now no no player in that locker room would fault him for trying to make sure he's 100 percent with all the money he has in his future on the line and, and all the injury history he's had to to come back early for what to for what right so it's it's all it's all very interesting um let's dive into jay's got stats uh Jay, Jay, you got stats. What are they? Yeah, I, I love the the new site we have, Sport Radar. That kind of it, it's like uh, Pro Football Reference on steroids. I don't know how many of our listeners use Pro Football Reference. You can you can find a lot of stuff on there, but on on Sport Radar, you can really break things down. So I I went and looked. That the Bengals have given up two thousand and fifty nine yards uh, through five games this year, and I went back and looked and what's the most they've given up through the first five games of the season, and this is it. The, the previous high was 2032 and 1995. So uh, looking at the top ten, it, it's kind of surprising in that three of the three of the previous nine worst performances through the five weeks actually ended up being 
playoff teams, including 2014 and 2015, which might have been the best team of Marvin's career. Um, so, and then the other thing is the the rushing yards. the The rushing yards they've given up through through the first five games are the fourth most in, in franchise history, and the some of the the years ahead of them are 1974, 1979, back when teams ran the ball a lot more. You know, San Francisco, or sorry, not San Francisco, Arizona went over 500. Uh, that second time this year, the Bengals have given up 500 yards in a game. They've done it five times in the last 15 games. Everybody remembers the three in a row last year that ended up costing Terrell Austin his job. Um, it was interesting when we talked to to um, Lou Anarumo on Monday that he, he brought up, I don't know if he'd, I don't know if they if they're on Twitter, if they'd seen any of the stats or read any of the stories. I'm sure everybody was hammering the fact that they gave up 500 yards again to a suspect Arizona offense. But uh, he, he kind of unprompted said, everybody wants to talk about yards, yards, yards. Um, what really matters is points. And he's right. That's what wins and loses games is points. But if you look, the, the Bengals, I'm going to count this up real quick, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 12 times in the last 16 drives they've given up points. Mm. And two of those dri- two of those drives when they didn't one was Arizona missing a field goal and one was Pittsburgh taking three knees to end the game on Monday night. So <laughs> <laughs> they they are giving up points. Yes. Um now Lou, Lou did bring up a good point that Arizona got in the red zone six times on on Sunday and they only got one touchdown out of that. So that that was that's what kept them in that game. Yeah, cuz Arizona stinks. Because Arizona stinks, yeah. and they're bad in the red zone. They've been bad in the red zone all year. They're just like the red, the Reds, just like the Bengals have been. Yes. Uh, they they cannot score in the red zone, which is shocking. I, I wrote about it after the Arizona game. It, it they were one of the best. They were number two in the league last year until they went to that went to Pittsburgh for Week 17, and the offense was really bad, and and they slipped to number three. But the, I mean, they were right there with the Chiefs in red zone efficiency last year one of the best in the league and now they are 31st only the dolphins are worse and uh you, you do not want to be mentioned in the same breath with the dolphins right now uh, that's that's something that obviously they're not they're not going to turn this thing around they're they're this isn't there's so much work that needs to be done but if they could just get better in the red zone you're at least talking about winning some games as opposed to not winning any and, and going and getting a number one pick. I, I think that's something that if they just address the red zone problem, then these games are going to start looking drastically different. And if they're better in the red zone, they they probably <clears throat> excuse me they probably win Seattle, Seattle and Arizona. Not Buffalo. Buffalo was actually the one game where they were good. They were two. They scored touchdowns on both of their red zone possessions. But that that Seattle game and that Arizona game could have looked a lot different if they punched in some of those for touchdowns instead of settling for field goals. Yeah. Which, you know, they, for whatever it's worth, you know, if you want to get excited about being competitive, uh, San Francisco looks really freaking good. And yeah. I think people will look back um, on that game and, and not hold it over the Bengals' heads as much um, as, as it was at the time. Because uh, San Francisco looks like a team on, on a mission this year. Um, they're, they're beasts. They just destroyed Cleveland last night. Really, they destroyed Pittsburgh, but just fumbled a bunch and turned it over like an insane amount of times and still won. So, I mean, they just, they're outplaying everyone in front of them by a wide margin right now. Um, the Pittsburgh debacle is, 
is is what hurts what hurts you. But you know, if you're if you're looking at okay, the, 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 you're, you're comp- if you want to get excited about being competitive and thinking okay, well, when are they ever going to win? One of those is going to start to fall their ways. You, you're you're close enough enough, you know. One at some point it is going to break your way. I I, I don't see. You know, we start to wonder when the win is going to come, which we can uh, we can drop. And I want to do behind the curtain here, but we'll do a, a, a quick run past our boot while I'm sort of on the, the line of conversation. Our Bengals one run past our boot. Pick the month of the first win, October, November, or December. What month does win number one for Zach Taylor come in? What do you think? Um, <clears throat> I'm going to run with October. I just think they are close. Um, maybe it's maybe that's a false assessment because Arizona is so bad and they should have been close to them. But uh, you know the the weekly um, AFC North whip around we do um, with the other beat writers. Um, Zach Jackson asked the question last week, uh, make a a bold prediction for October, and I said the Bengals would go two and two, which seems not gonna probably not gonna happen now because. The, they've already lost to Arizona, but I, I do think they get their first win this month. If if that they they always play Baltimore tough in Baltimore, um, even when they've had bad teams. Uh, not predicting a win there, but it wouldn't shock me even with them being twelve point underdogs. Um, and then the, there's always a chance to beat the Jaguars at home. Uh, so I'll I'll run with October. Um, I'll pass on November. I, I, I think it's that's more likely than December. I just can't – I cannot – I'll boot December. I cannot see this team, as flawed as they are, going into December winless. And I, I think the way it lines up this year with the dates, I think there's five December games because I think that first one the, is – Yeah, so the like, Jets game is, de- is December 1st. So Okay. Yeah, so there would be five. So they would be 0-11 going into December. I just – I don't see that happening. It's a long way to be 0 for – but yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. Uh, I'm tempted because that Jets game is, you know, that you you feel like that could be the one. But uh, yeah, I I just I do think that they pull out one of them in the next. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I I think they could beat Jacksonville here. I I, I think that could be the one if I was kind of trying to pick. So I, I I'm with you. I, I'll run with. I'll run with October and I'll I'll pass November and boot December. But man, if we're if we're talking about because it, it gets it gets it gets hairy, you know. <laughs> it, it's just, as it's just it builds as it keeps going on. It it it, it builds and builds and builds. Um, and with a buy, with a buy in November, there's only three chances in November. But looking at it, I mean, two of them are home games, Baltimore and Pittsburgh, and one is at Oakland, which kind of seems winnable, although Oakland's playing a little better. So just from a pure math standpoint, December would seem more likely than November. But you're right, just I I, I, I can't see it building that long and, and having this team be winless going into December. It's going to be a long season for you and I if that is the case. It's going to be a long season regardless. Uh, yeah, you're right. It already is. <laughs> it already is. It already is. And really, once once we pass this trading deadline, um, I think, you know, the then it really becomes a long season because it's about the only really interesting thing left is whether they'll just totally stand pat um, and do nothing, uh, which is a very real possibility, or actually try to aggressively attack this problem and fix the roster. We shall see. More on that to come, as always. Uh, speaking of that, I want to take you behind the curtain a little bit. 
and offer you just some quick snippets with a few players as I kind of ask them about what would happen to the locker room if you started to see some players being traded off and sort of gauge their reaction about what that would mean for culture, what would that would mean for what's going on in, 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 in that locker room. And uh, so here's here's Draker Patrick, Carlos Dunlap, and uh, Andy Dalton um, talking about sort of uh, that scenario. At 0-5, do you worry about them considering trading off some of your pieces at the deadline? I mean, I, those guys, there's so many older guys on this team. Do you worry about that? Yeah, I mean, I don't, they could be ready to trade me. You know, I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't want nobody to leave. I want everybody to come that I want to win here. I don't want to go nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm invested in this city. Mm-hmm. I'm just not a guy that just play for the Bengals. No, I, I mean a lot. You know, I do things in the community. Mm-hmm. These other guys do it does too. And I, I already know what you talk about. You talk my AJ, like, mm-hmm. bro, like that. I, I don't care. It better not happen. Period. Yeah. I mean, happen, what would man. that? I mean, what would that ripple effect be like in, in the if, if something it's, like that I, happened? I feel like it's gonna fall apart if they did something like that. Right? You can't do it. Right. You can't do it, man. Like that's our best player on the team. Like he's not even out there, so we don't even know what we got. We don't even know what what how the team really looks. Yeah. But he can't. They can't do that. They can't. Do you? I mean. Do you have to go to him and say, do you, do you talk to him about how much, y'all, how much y'all talk about that type of stuff? I ain't got to talk to him. I don't, yeah. We don't talk about outside stuff like that. Only y'all, y'all bring that to right. us. We don't talk about that. Um, but I'm pretty sure in his mind, he like, where am I going? Yeah. Like this this guy, is, this, this is city, mm-hmm. you know? And like I said, I'm a team player first. Mm-hmm. You know, I rally around my guys, man. And that'll, that'll really hurt my, my spirit if, yeah. to see him walk out the door. You don't view this as a team in need of a rebuild, do you? I assume you don't. No. You know, in five, I guess you I leave that. I leave that. I leave that to uh, to the head man, man, because I can yeah. only do my job. Like I said, who to say I won't? I won't be out of here. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I leave those tough questions to ownership and um, coach. When you're when you guys are always five. Do you feel like, do you look around and do you, have, do you have to kind of start to wonder if you have enough talent in the room to turn it around? Is that like a thing that you have to block out of your head of not thinking that way? Or No, I mean, for us, we, you know, you can't, you can't think like that. Yeah. You know, this is uh, the group that we have here, and we're going to trust that everybody's going to do, our, do their job. Yeah. And so... Um, you know, we've been close in these games. We just, you know, we, we've got to make these plays that are going to get us over the top and, you know, put us ahead in the fourth quarter. That's going to win these games. Do you worry or have any concern at 0 and 5 that they could consider trading some pieces away at the deadline? You know, when you when you get to this point and that is with a new staff and everything, do you worry about that? Do you think about that at all? I mean, that hasn't been the past year, so yeah. I haven't really thought of it like that. So, um, you know, obviously. You know, that's that's their decision and everything, but you know, I, it, that hasn't been what we what we've done here. Yeah, yeah, I just and Owen, but Owen five hasn't yeah. been either, which is the no. crazy thing about For it. Sure. So you never know really how anybody's gonna yep. react when that stuff happens. Yeah. But is that what kind of aspect does that play in all of this? That a lot of these guys who are potential trade pieces have been here their whole careers. I mean, it happens. I mean, imagine if we had some of these guys on some of these critical football teams around the league still with us. You know, the Andrew Whitworths in the league, guys that been around Bengals history and played quality ball for the Bengals forever. Imagine if they were still here. 
but at the end of the day, it's a business. People move on. We got to move on. We got to put new pieces in. You know, I'm employee 96 right now. In a couple of years, it'll be a new 96. What would a few that, years. Be <laughs> what would that do? If guy, let's just say in hypothetically, guy, somebody got big name got traded away. Let's say it was you know Gino, right? Would that what would that do to the locker room? Is that uh, is that something that cuts out of the culture that Zach's trying to create here? Do you feel like it would ruin some of the culture he's trying to create? There's a ripple effect amongst players if suddenly suddenly good players are being shipped off. Yeah, the, the, the ripple effect would be for guys to step up and try to fill the void, and more guys than one to try to fill that void, and then we'll be. We can have the potential to be even better football team, no matter what position it is. At the end of the day. Okay, good to you know hear from those guys. I, I you know, I, I was actually you know you you hear different things from different guys. You know, Dre was sort of talking about how it would just blow everything up, and and, and I thought you know the business like approach from Carlos, who has obviously probably seen and heard his uh, name thrown around, understands he would be in that mix understands that it's all a business. I think when you're in, when you're here law around long enough, I you, for the most part you get it. I think you under you understand um how the business works and and how things can change in a hurry and and uh you know maybe Carlos wants to maybe Carlos wants to be out of here. I don't know. But uh it, I I there there I think there's an understanding from a lot of guys that this is what happens. If you've been around, you understand that things go sideways and haywire when you lose a bunch of games like people are going to go and it's going to get wild so i I, but i it is curious though like what would that do for the locker room i mean miami you have all these people demanding trades or whatever and trying to get out um i don't know how how much i don't really have a problem with it because how much worse can it get you know I mean, Jacksonville's doing pretty well. They've got a guy demanding a trade. I think that is that that says something, at least a little bit, about the the culture Zach is trying to put in place. That 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 we haven't heard any of that yet coming out of the Bengals locker room. But maybe if the the losses start stacking, then you do hear some guys leading up to that trade deadline making some requests. And you know, and honestly, I, I feel like they would be at the point right now where if someone wanted out, get them out of here. Yet the the only thing you have going for you culturally right now is make sure that everybody that's here wants to be here. And if you don't want to be here, no problem selling you off for assets because they Lord knows they need assets uh, in the future. Get whatever draft picks you can get for anybody that doesn't want to be here. You don't want to go. Put your hand up now and get off the boat. Is is the only message that you can sell. Right, I mean that's 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 all you've got because you've got to think about what building for the future is got to look like, and it's got to look like people that actually want to be here. So I will we'll see how that plays out. But in, in interesting reactions there. Um, let's dive in to our. Uh, do you have some? Do you have some history on zero and five? Uh, yeah, Zach is one of eighty three coaches in NFL history to lose his first five games. Jay's got more stats. More stats. Um, (laughs) Now, if you're thinking that list is a chronicling of the worst coaches in NFL history, you'd be sorely mistaken. Um, One that Bengal fans are well aware of uh, is on that list. And there are, among Super Bowl winning coaches, Jimmy Johnson started 0-8. Joe Gibbs started 0-5. Bill Walsh started 0 and 5 current 
hot name in the NFL that you just talked about, Kyle Shanahan, started 0-9. So it's not like you can't come back from this. Um, Obviously, I'm not comparing Zach Taylor to, to any of those guys yet, but it's coaches get it figured out and it's 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 not a death sentence to I mean obviously don't want nobody wants to start this way but it, it's not a death sentence um they, they can get it figured out and I thought that was interesting I, I put that request in to, to get the list and um, 83 seemed like a high number and then you start looking at some of those names of guys that have won Super Bowls uh that that started this rough um I think that gives a little hope for for Zach and, and for Bengal fans Lord knows we need to deliver some hope. It's it's very it's it's tough tra- it's tough swimming out there right now. We're deep it in is. the waters. You know, we're out past the breakers. <laughs> we're, we're it's dark. We're we're just trying to follow the moon, you know, to try to get back to land at this point. Like it's just people it's a it's a dark place, you know. So we're just we, we need some light. We need some light. Uh, and some beer. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right about that, and that's a great segue, Jay, uh, because it, there is somebody that we like a lot uh, that uh, is a big fan of our program and uh, has makes delicious beer. That's our good friends at Fifty West Brewing Company. Uh, they've got the Home Sweet Home out now, which is which is essentially like sweet potato pie in a, in a glass. And it's delicious. Highly recommend it if you want to get down there to the Pro Works. They've got it on down there. Um, of course, all the cans that you can find at Kroger, up in the Dayton area now, all around Cincinnati. Um, I, I, if, if you don't know about it by now, then you're crazy. Also, the Brewing Queue is coming up um, in November. Go to 50westbrew.com to get your tickets. They do a collaboration beer with Great Lakes. Great Lakes comes down. Their chefs all work together. All-you-can-eat barbecue. And a bunch of drinks, uh, complimentary drinks that come with it, all under one price. It's I went last year. It's fantastic event. Cannot recommend it enough. Highly recommend getting out there. And it's by weekend, so you get you can it really enjoy a weekend. You know you don't have to worry about the Bengals losing. You can have a good time out there. Have some have a ton of barbecue. Uh, have a, a special collaboration beer between Great Lakes and and Fifty West, and have a great time on a on a nice crisp fall day hopefully for you anyway so highly recommend that uh head to 50 westbrew.com um all right let's let's go to run passer boot time it is run passer boot jay do you have we do already did our one on the Bengals, so do you have one for yeah. me i do have one on you uh, obviously the the theme right now is losing so the next time you go to a bar you're gonna lose something run passer boot lose your wallet lose your cell phone or lose your car keys. Ooh. Okay. Um, wow. I am going to... I'm going to boot my car keys. I Whatever. I'll take an Uber. I'll figure it out. I got a spare set. We'll deal with that problem. It's a lease. So, <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll ditch the car keys. I don't, I don't need those. Uh, definitely. That's the bottom one. Now run. I, I, I am, I'm running with my cell phone. I I don't want to lose my cell phone. That's the, I feel like that can get me out of any problem, right? Like the wallet, I, cause I have my cell phone. I can cancel all my cards. I don't care that much running around anyway. And I can get back to, to net zero pretty quickly. As long as I have my, if I lose my cell phone, I'm, I'm, I'm just a lost puppy. I'm a, I'm, I'm a lost puppy. I can't fix anything. No one can come save me. 
Like I'm just totally screwed. Um, you know, I can't order. I can't. I can't Yelp a good restaurant to go to next. Like, what am I gonna do? You can't know? play words with friends. Can't play. I'm. You know what? I don't. I used to play words with friends a lot, and I. I, just, I haven't. I haven't played in a long time. I, I just. I wish I did. I wish I did. Uh, but I. I don't. I. I. Yeah. It's. It's kind of sad, really. Um, people didn't like playing with me. I would take too long. I would try to get the perfect word every time. I think it was frustrating. Uh, anyway. Uh, so I, here's mine for you. I'm ditching the format cause I just, I'm calling an audible at the line in honor of our friend Jay Gruden, who was relieved of his duties, uh, this week as the first coach fired this year. What is your best story of getting fired or just let quitting a job? I feel like you would be the type of guy in your teen years, probably that had a few good ones. Uh, yeah, actually, I've never been fired, so I'm going to knock wood on that. Hopefully that <laughs> never happens. Um, but I did my, – my senior year of high school, I was working at Arby's, and when, when high school ended – It's a and, good start. Yeah, <laughs> I still love Arby's. But, um, I, <laughs> oh, that's worse than your Kid Rock take. <laughs> What's wrong with Arby's? <laughs> I I don't have time to go there. Okay, I got a squirrel guy coming to the house soon. I don't have time for this. Just just continue. All right. So when when school ended, they they came up with this uh, night slash prep shift where I would go in. I would work like eight p.m. to four a.m. and I would I would run the slicer and then I would do all the prep, uh, cleaning up the slicer and then getting a bunch of uh, stuff ready for the opening of breakfast the next day. So I was, you know, three of your, three of your hours that you're working there, you don't have to deal with customers. It's just all prep. It was great. And you know, that time of my life, it was no problem staying up till 4am. And there was two of us that did it. There was a, a girl named Ellie and uh, she was the, the fry prep person. And she was, she had the nasty job. She had to clean out the fryers and the grease and, and do all the prep up that way. And uh, they hired a new guy and they, they, had me train him on doing the the prep work on the slicer and I assumed he was just going to be like an emergency fill-in if I went on vacation or got sick or anything like that well like a week after they prepped him they had me train him they put him on the the slicer closing and moved me to the the grease nasty closing part so I, I basically trained my replacement and I wasn't having that and I walked out in the middle of the shift and and I can't say I never went back. That I quit by walking out. That was my decision. I, I quit the job, but my timing was pretty poor because the next day was paycheck day, and I had to go back in and get my paycheck and, and <laughs> face yeah, everybody. Can I, can I get my paycheck, please? Yeah, I know I walked out last night, and screwed you guys, but hand it over. So that was, <laughs> and that that was really. The, I mean, every other time I've left a job, I've put in the two weeks. I've been the good soldier, but yeah, that was that really uh, that really upset me and uh, walked out in the middle of a shift. You're not gonna put mullet jam in the grease traps. You're not gonna put mullet jam in the grease traps. <laughs> that grease is bad for it. the hair. Yeah, <laughs> not gonna have it. Oh man, Jay Arby's mullet Jay, right? You had the mullet yeah. at the time, I assume. I, I did. It wasn't. It wasn't as glorious as my college years but uh did you have to was. put it up in like a hairnet no no back then they Dude, that hair is that. definitely that hair definitely got into some people's roast beef <laughs> there's no it, doubt it probably did 
There's nothing worse than hair and food. I can only imagine a long-ass mullet hair inside of an already bad Arby's roast beef and cheddar sandwich. What a terrible... They, they, you, you should feed that to people that are, like, in dungeons. You know what I mean? Like, when you go and just slide food under the door. Like, that's... <laughs> That's that's the level that we're talking about here. Oh. I, I'm surprised I didn't get fired sooner because we actually there was uh, during those night late nights we had people who would come through the drive through and like a, a car of girls came through one time and they were really flirty and they kept coming back through and like the third time through they ordered a shake and I thought oh this will be funny and we had these little characters that we put in the Happy Meal like Mr. Tickle and Mr. Bump and they were all these little weird little plastic so I put one in the cup and then filled up the shake. So they would oh, have no. a little surprise at the end of their shake. And I thought they'd they, they think that was funny. Uh, they didn't think it was funny at all. They were really pissed. And um, they, <laughs> they they called the manager, and I got a, they got a stern talking to. I was like, oh, I thought we were flirting and having fun. and yeah, Mr. Tickle, so. come on. <laughs> <laughs> And then I took Mr. Bump to a Iron or to a, yeah, Iron Maiden and Quiet Riot concert and threw him up on stage. What the hell's Mr. Bump? What 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 are these people? I'm so concerned about what Arby's was doing in the. It, it was in like the it was like a it was a cartoon series. Like Mr. Tickle had these really long, crazy arms, and Mr. Bump was wrapped up like uh, his head was bandaged. And uh, I never actually saw the cartoon, but we we had all the figures that were the the players in the cartoon, and so each uh, each Happy Meal kid would get one of those little. I can't remember even uh, Mr. Tickle and Mr. Bump the only two I remember, but yeah. I, I, I threw Mr. Bump up on stage thinking Bruce Dickinson would think that was really cool, but I don't even know if he ever saw it. It'd be better if you were like, then Bruce Dickinson went to run over to a girl in the front row and he <laughs> twisted his ankle on Mr. Bump and he swore it off for life. I will never eat Arby's. <laughs> you suck, Mr. Tickle, Mr. Bump. <laughs> and I get ejected. Of course it was at an Iron Maiden concert. That's a perfect way to wrap this one up. Uh, all right. Thanks, to everybody, uh, for listening. We'll, of course, uh, you know, these uh, are free on iTunes and wherever you listen to your podcast, as well as the post-game pods. So uh, we appreciate everybody that's listening for free. Uh, we, we love our subscribers. We, we, we work so hard on, on a daily basis to make the subscriptions worth it for everybody, all the stories, all the content. Uh, Q&As, uh, all the deep dives, everything else that we do. Um, and, of course, we have the bonus episode uh, that will be this week. We will be uh, talking to, uh, see, will be Jeff Zerbiak, right, uh, in Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then we'll have another film review with Joe Goodberry. We'll be offering our predictions and give you a little bit more insight into what happen, is happening in the locker room uh, the next couple of days. Uh, so all that coming for you on the bonus episode. We'll make our growler bet for the week. Maybe Jay can get off the schneid. Uh, we shall see. Um, otherwise, uh, yeah, that'll that'll do. And then we'll be we'll be in Baltimore, and we'll be uh, wrapping up that game and see if the Bengals uh, move to zero and six on the year. Anyway, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks to Mr. Tickle, and Mr. Bump uh, for for bringing entertainment, and Jay, uh, my man Chris Meany on the production. And we will uh, we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>